What's your dream? What's your goal? What's your motivation? What's important to you? What's your passion? What can you do to change the world? This is What's Involved. Conversations with thought leaders and change makers from around the world. Hear stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate people like you to live your life, find your passion, and live your dream. Together, we can all bring positive change to our world. Now, here's your host, David Watts. And once more, it is What's Involved, and boy, do I have a special guest today. Uh, all the way from Sweden, she is. Uh, who is she? Her name is Karen Tiden. Hello, Karen. Hello, hello. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show with us. Uh, let me just give everybody a little bit of background before we dive into our chat. Um, I'm going to be chatting to uh, Karen today about some interesting bits and pieces about our minds and mind, ha mind hacking and uh, rewiring your brain and all sorts of things. So before we get into all of that, Karen, if I may, tell me a little bit about who Karen is. Give me a little bit of your, your background and your journey to date. Of course, David. Well, it's a very long story, so I'm not going to take it all because then we can sit here the whole afternoon. But um, what I would like to tell you is that um, I was born in a very dysfunctional family with uh, quite a narcissistic father and an emotionally absent mother. Uh, and as a child, I was very sensitive so that was not a very good combination. So years later, uh, a lot of abuse, uh, a lot of uh, my, my parents were also religious. So they were very strict with the rules, how to live. And if you did something wrong, God will see it and punish you in some kind of end of days. So I grew up uh, with a lot of fears and uh, feeling that I needed to be perfect, never make any mistakes. I wasn't worth anything. And um, finally, at about 35 years old, it all came back. Because I thought that when I left my family, I left the religion, I left everything, I thought it was over. What I didn't realize that everything that I experienced and all my thoughts and feelings and behaviors, it was kind of lodged or stored within myself. Um, so I didn't notice a lot of it the first 10 years. But then suddenly it hit me with a depression and I didn't understand why, because I really had it all. I had a good job. I had a good partner. I had friends and life was just great. So I started to go to a therapist and it really didn't work that much to me because I'm quite up in my head. I'm quite, uh, closed or I was closed as a person. I protected myself. So the therapist, they couldn't break through. And then one day I, I read some books and I realized that in order for me to change my thoughts and my feelings and my behavior and, you know, heal the depression and my anxiety and everything that I had, I needed to uh, look into the subconscious mind because I understood that the subconscious mind is 
driving our day about 95% of our day. And I remember reading a quote that was made a huge impact on me. And that quote was from the Greek philosopher Aristotle that said that, give me a child before seven and I will give you the man. So at that point, I started to understand that, okay, everything that happened when I was very young programmed me to be in a certain way as a human being, even as an adult. So I started to work with myself on deeper levels with hypnosis, starting to try out things on myself to find uh, to kind of hack my own mind and to find faster way to move forward than talk therapy. And I found it and I applied everything on myself. And after a while, it grew into a passion of mine to figure out myself. And in that process, I started to figure out other people as well, how their minds work. And I started to coach people and help them on a deeper level. And that's what I do today. Which I think is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and and I'm, I'm amazed at, at your story because my story is, is fairly similar to that. Um, I come from a background where um, I had an alcoholic and abusive father. And um, I've got a sister who's four years younger than me. And she was born with a spina bifida, which means she was paralyzed mm -hmm. literally from the waist down. And... You know, at four years of age, um, you don't understand why you were suddenly, you were the, 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 the center of everybody's attention and then suddenly you're not. Yes. Uh, and, and in retrospect, uh, you know, I can totally understand why my mom and dad did what they did, you know, because here was this little baby that was critically ill and needed all of the attention all of the time. But yeah. to my little four-year-old mind, that, that didn't make any sense. And I'd also recorded all of this data or input. Um, and, you know, as I grew older, I didn't think initially that there was anything wrong with me. Um, but then later on in life, it did start to show up and I couldn't figure out what the problem was. And very much like you, Karen, um, you know, the thought of me going to a therapist is like, no, I would, I would drive them mad first. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's that simple. So I've been on this, this lifelong journey and I'm still on the journey of yeah, me too. uncovering the why I do what I do because these triggers and, and this, I think it's like peeling an onion because if you, if you peel an onion, there's different layers to the onion. And I think, you know, the, the, initially I, I came across one or two little things. I'm like, right, that's it. I'm done. I'm fixed. Um, only to have other stuff pop up. Um, and some of it is, is quite deep seated and you react in a certain way and you don't even know why. Afterwards you go, okay, well, why did I get angry? Why did I behave that way? You know, there was, there's no logical reason for me to do it, but I did. I went from zero to hero and wanting to fight with the whole world in like a second. So you say that you've worked on this, Karen, and, and uh, that you're coaching people and uh, you've, got, you've got somewhat of a, of a methodology. Um, you mentioned hypnosis. Uh, now, when we talk hypnosis, a lot of people go, oh, no, I can never get hypnotized. Uh, you can't hypnotize me. 
Um, the whole idea of going into a trance or an altered state of consciousness, people say that that can never happen to them. Where do you stand mm. on that? Well, I've, I, I work with over 3,000 one-on-one clients. And of these people, it's about maybe two or three persons that I haven't been able to hypnotize. So I don't really believe that you, you can't be hypnotized. But I think it's about if you are willing to do it. So I, I wouldn't say that you can or you can't do it. It's more that are you willing? So some people that I work with are a little bit more controlling or they are a bit scared. So, of course, um, they will not let go of the so-called control. So they, I, I, I used to say about them that they just close one eye. The other one is open still <laughs> to kind of uh, check, check out the environment or me. But I'm very, I was very much like that as well. Do yeah, you yeah. Sit in a room with a strange person and close yeah. eyes because uh, uh, something, and, and this was also part of like when I was, was growing up in South Africa, we had uh, compulsory military service. Um, and, and due to all the things that happen around there, I was always hyper vigilant. Uh, yeah. later, later on, they called it uh, PTSD, uh, yeah. post traumatic stress syndrome. But at that stage, uh, nobody even talked about that. So um, it's wonderful. Do you know that one of the best ways that was explained to me um, about what hypnosis is? Is literally, and, and I've, uh, once they asked me this question, I was like, oh, okay, well then it's not as horrible and as witchcrafty as I thought it was. It's like, have you ever been uh, reading a book and you've, you've read a, you're reading a really good book and you get so involved in the book that you don't realize how much time has passed? Yeah. That is an altered state of consciousness. And I was like, It okay. is. And the other one is, have you ever driven to work in your car and you remember distinctly getting in your car and leaving home and the next second you're at work, but you don't remember what happened in between um, yeah. because you, you're kind of on autopilot and that's, that's your subconscious mind, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And um, First, I just want to go back a little bit and address that when people have one eye open and one eye closed when I work with them in the beginning, the only thing they need to know is that with hypnosis, you are not letting go of control. Yes. What you are actually doing is that you are open up your brain to kind of be more creative, to be more uh, solution oriented, to find new perspectives that can help you to heal. So when often I have people that are a little bit suspicious and are a little bit controlling, I know that there's probably a reason why they won't let go and kind of go into this altered state and learn more about themselves and find the solutions. And often it's due to some kind of trauma. So they are, uh, their nervous system is a bit guarded. So if they can see themselves that no, they are not, not hypnotize, hypnotizable, they are not uh, difficult people. They are not, uh, controlling and not kind of a bad person or anything. It's just that their nervous system is kind of a little bit on the fence, protecting them from something that could be bad for them. So when I talk to them about that and I make them feel safe with me and safe within themselves, that they can handle this process 
everything will go smooth. And just like you, I, I like to explain that it's a really good explanation you gave that it's about reading a book and you time pass and you don't know it or driving to work and you're not knowing it's the subconscious mind that is working for you. And that's a good thing because if the subconscious is running to save energy. So if you were about to think every little detail you do every day and you have to be conscious about it, when you go up in the morning, how to put the, the kettle on or how to put on your trousers or how to brush your teeth or how to go to work or how to open a door, your mind would basically explode in a couple of hours. So to make it easier for your brain, your subconscious mind have automated all these things that you do on a daily basis to save energy and to help you to move faster and more efficiently through life. So that's a good thing. Well, that's a, it's a great point that you that you make there, Karen. But uh, at this stage, um, we're going to dive into this a little more deeply when we come back. Uh, but uh, this is what's involved. My special guest is Karen Tyden, and we are talking about... Uh, this, this wonderful tool that we have called the human mind uh, and the subconscious mind as well. More on that when we come back. This is what's involved. Hey, like what you're hearing? Share the podcast with your family and friends and spread the word. This is what's involved. And we're back with what's involved. My special guest, Karen Tyden talking all things mind-wise. And uh, one of the things I loved when I came across uh, Karen was uh, she talks about mind hacking. And I'm like, yep, yep, I'm all for that. If there's a shortcut, I want to know what it is. Because, you know, people don't just want to get better. They want to get better quickly. So, uh, Karen, we, we, we now sort of covered the ground of what, uh, what hypnosis is or an altered state of consciousness um, you said that you've worked with, with, with many, many people. But now, if somebody's listening and, and they think, okay, this is making sense to me, where does one start on this journey? Uh, well, uh, I would start, um, and this is just for me, because I think that um, every individual have different needs and wants where to start. But one way, it's absolutely good. It's, it's buying a, a book or two about the subconscious mind to understand how all your old programming is there. So instead of blaming yourself, saying that, oh, I'm a loser or uh, I'm stupid. Why can't I change this? Oh, why I, am I reacting like this in a certain situation? Instead of blaming yourself, started to become curious and asking, hmm, okay, what happened to me that made me feel like this or think like this about myself or act like this in a, some kind of counterproductive way. So buying a book or go out to YouTube uh, and listening uh, and just, you know, or Google subconscious mind and read a little bit about it. And you will get so many insights about how it works. And then hopefully you can start to understand that there is nothing wrong with you. It's only the programming in you that is wrong. And that's a really good insight 
because that means that that is something you can change. So basically, there is nothing wrong with you, but the program that is running you is not the right one. And there, that you can change. I love the way you've said that because it's it's an analogy that that I often use. And, you know, our, our mind is like an incredibly complicated and complex computer. And in order to make things work, we need to run programs. And that's why, as we said earlier on, you know, your, your subconscious mind figures out all the things that it can automate for you. Um, and unfortunately, some of those things that it automates are your reactions to certain settings, circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. Now, yeah. as you said, you know, we, you can buy a book, we can go, we can go on YouTube. One of the things um, I found that helps, and I, I wonder if it, it was a similar thing for you, uh, is, is just making time to relax, to stop this busy treadmill of my life um, and to find some music that, that I find soothing and that there's a lot of classical music tracks, there's a lot of music that's designed to change your brainwaves and get them into that alpha state. Is that something you recommend? Absolutely. And I think that everybody's different. So I always encourage my clients to say, to to, to find what suits them. So I, I often don't say go and meditate or listen to brainwave music or go in nature. I Instead, I try to, to help them to realize what suits them. When they do something, a kind of activity, what does it do for them? And finding that thing. So I have a lot of people that say, of course, being in nature, like you said, stop their life a little bit, meditate, or maybe listen to some music with some brainwave thing into it. So relaxes your brain. But I also have clients that are saying, well, I like to race cars. So for me, going on a track, sitting in a racing car and, you know, just driving like crazy, that puts me in uh, an altered state or in the zone. And I get very calm and I feel very good afterwards. Uh, it could be, you know, being with your dog or a loved one. So there are so many different ways of doing it. But I do think that you are, it's a very good advice to kind of slow down a bit to find the reason and find yourself and what are your thoughts, where are they coming from. But there is also a note about that. And that is if you have traumas, Sometimes it can be very hard for you to relax because your nervous system doesn't like to relax because that could be including danger according to the nervous system. So the nervous system likes to be on edge to, to know, to, to look at everything and, and have everything under control. So those people can be very hard for them to, to move inward or to meditate or to slow down. So maybe they have to address it in another way. Yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking now in terms of, of my journey and me being um, in, in that hypervigilant state, um, you know, your adrenal glands are pumping all the time and it's that fight or flight mode. And the thing is, when you're in that mode, you, you can't, you, you cannot start to look at any other programs or anything like that. So the first part is to, to kind of just come down off that. And as you rightly say, in whatever means suits you, 
Um, I want to talk a little bit more and, and maybe you can give us a couple more tips and tricks as to what we can do when we come back. This is What's Involved. My special guest is Karen Tyden. Back in just a bit. We'll be right back with more What's Involved. David would love to hear from you. To leave a voice message, visit whatsinvolved.com and click drop me a voice note. And we're back with Karen Tyden, my special guest. Uh, so Karen, as you say, people relax or do different things in different ways. You mentioned somebody who says driving a fast car on a track. Um, that's the last thing that would relax me. I, I, no, that just wouldn't do it. But for people, it does work. Um, I'm lucky that we live in a place that it's a, it's a fairly large property and uh, we get to go out and have walks and spend time with our animals. And that certainly for me helps. But now... How do we start? We've talked about books, we talked about YouTube, but what are some of these uh, tips or mind hacks that you can give us so that we can we can start living our best lives? Because I'm I'm tired of looking around and seeing everybody else living their best life. I want to as well. Yeah. So uh, one thing is about when you are really stressed, the prefrontal cortex in the brain shuts down, so it doesn't work. So it means that you become uh, less uh, you don't you don't become that good at solving problems see clearly making good decisions and everything so what i do personally and what i teach my clients is you need to slow down a bit and even if you can't meditate or because you are a little bit hyper you can still breathe a little bit slower so it's actually basically like, like this you breathe in and out through your nose and you try to breathe slower. So when you breathe in, maybe you count to four. And when you breathe out, you count to six. So always letting the exhale be a little bit longer than the inhale slows down the nervous system, kicks you into the parasympathic nervous system that is rest and digest and will help you to switch on your prefrontal cortex again so you can think and you can act in a good way. And that you can do anywhere. Uh, and if you wonder how many breaths it takes, well, sometimes it takes just five, six breaths. Sometimes maybe you have to do it for a couple of minutes. But I do that all the time. So if I'm going on a seminar... I'm still nervous doing that because I don't know the audience and I always want to give my best. So of course I get a little bit nervous. So what I do is I go into the bathroom, shut the door, and I take these deep breaths for a couple of minutes. And then I notice that I center myself. My nervousness goes down. I can notice that I kick a click on my prefrontal cortex. I become clearer. I become more calm and everything. And then I can go out on the stage and present better. And when I get very agitated somewhere or really, you know, irritated at someone, I can't go to the bathroom or I can, because sometimes I just say to the person, oh, I just need to use the bathroom for a minute and then I will come back and, and talk to you. So I go into the bathroom and I breathe for a, a minute or so and then walk back to the, to the person and handling the conflict. If I can't do it, I kind of just ask a question to the person and allowing them to elaborate and, and, you know, answer. And during that answer, I breathe, not that, 
large so the person notices it, but in a very deep way so I can focus and calm myself down and making my prefrontal cortex work better. So that is one very small and easy way to handle when your nervous system is very vigilant and if you feel stressed out or very emotional and don't know how to deal with your own emotions or the situation. And that is brilliant advice. And it's actually advice that, that um, I was given and I, and I took it to heart because initially they said, you know, meditation is the way to go. So I'd learned as much as I could about meditation and I bought some meditation music and I sat down and I was going to meditate like a Tibetan monk. And my brain was like a bunch of drunken monkeys lurching around and I just, I couldn't and I got so frustrated uh, until one day somebody said to me, just breathe, just do the breathing and yeah. for however long you can do it. Just concentrate on that inhale, that holding it for a bit, and that exhale. And anything that pops into your mind, just don't pay it any attention. Focus on the breathing. And yeah. it took me a while, I must be honest, but the, the results are um, incredible. So that's a great, great tip to give somebody. Um, what else do we, do we need to look at? And, and how can we, we look at improving our lives? Because it's all good and well, you know, having a look at what our programming has done that's negative to us, but, but how do we, mm -hmm. can we reprogram our minds for good things? Absolutely. So, but what I do have to say here is that success, it's not a comfortable procedure. So whatever you define as success, it could be being calm or being uh, more grounded in life or being happy. It doesn't have to be the materialistic things like earning money or having a good position at work. So success is not a comfortable procedure. So you have to put a little bit of pressure on yourself. And I noticed after so many thousands of clients that a lot of people, you know, they, they end up in their comfort zone and they would love to take a pill or to get hypnotized and everything that is hard for them would go away and they would just go to a meeting and be very confident and putting up their hands, asking or answering questions or, you know, with no fear or uh, no anxiousness at all. And I said, that's not how it works. So even if you go in therapy or even if you go to a hypnotherapist or a coach, there's still some uncomfortable things you need to do. You can lower it. So what I help my clients is, is lowering the uncomfortable feelings so they can, you know, get over the hump and doing it, but it will still be a little bit comfortable. So in order to create what you want, you need to be willing to experience its opposite. So like if you want to learn something new, you must be willing to feel as not the smartest person in the room or feel that you are a beginning because that's the way to learn new things. Or if you want to exercise, you must be willing to feel a little bit weak while it's making you stronger. Because in the beginning, if you haven't been exercising a lot, you will feel pain and aches in the body and it will feel uncomfortable until you are strong enough to take it. So the same thing with boundaries, that in order to setting boundaries, you have to feel alone a little bit while you are creating new, healthier relationships. 
Because when you are setting boundaries, you will feel a bit alone because there will be some people that will go away, vanish because they don't accept your boundaries. And that is really a good thing to know that I like the, the perspective of that boundaries is not for other people, it's for you. So your boundaries, they are for you so that you are not stepping over your own boundaries. So you are not people pleasing or you are not getting used or you are not doing things that are uncomfortable for you. So the boundaries are for you to know what you like or don't like because people will not always, unfortunately, accept or respect your boundaries. They will try to move them. So you have to put them for yourself in order to say, this is for me, this is okay for me, and this is not okay for me. I think that's wonderful. And it's, and it's, a, it's a great place to start. Uh, you know, I spent a lot, a lot of my life trying to be the perfect person. So I would be the perfect business person or I wanted to be the perfect business person, the perfect friend, the perfect son, you name it. And the standards that I'd set for myself in my own head were so incredibly high that in, invariably I failed. And that just then reinforced this thing of you're not good enough, et cetera, et cetera. So great advice. Karen, we're running out of time, and, and I hate it when this happens, that time goes so quickly. Maybe yes. we've been, maybe <laughs> we've been in an altered state of consciousness. Um, but I tell you what, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about uh, what, you, what, what you do. And if you can help, if somebody's listening, um, maybe you can help. Maybe they can, they can join you. Um, so we'll find out a bit more when we come back. This is What's Involved with my special guest, Karen Tyden. You're listening to What's Involved with David Watts. Have you been to our website? Check it out, www.whatsinvolved.com. And while you're there, click on the coffee mug icon and buy David a cup of coffee. He'll love it. And we're back wrapping it up with uh, Karen. So Karen, we've sort of investigated your journey and, and what you went on and now you're in a coaching, let's call it a coaching position where, where you help people. What, what do you offer people? I mean, you, I believe you've written a book as well and we didn't even get onto that yet. Um, is it available in, in English? Yes, it is. So it's available um, all over the world. Uh, uh, for instance, on Amazon, you can buy it as a paperback or you can buy it as an ebook. And uh, it could be a start for people who wanted to know a little bit more about the subconscious mind and how it works so they can understand themselves. And uh, the other half of the book is practical small mind hacks to move forward. Uh, so you can start breaking these patterns or hacking these programs. And if you're interested in more, you can always go to my website and there you can email me with a question or so. I'm happy to answer. Or you can also book a session if you want to deep, uh, if you go to, if you want to um, dive a little bit deeper within your subconscious mind, finding this blockage that is stopping you from feeling good about yourself or feeling uh, good about life or moving forward. 
And I think it's brilliant, and I love the title of the book, okay? The book, if you're looking for it on, on Amazon or any, any of the digital platforms, really, um, it's called Mind Hacking for Rebels. And yes. That just tickled me straight away. Uh, it's a practical <laughs> guide to power and freedom. Um, so, yeah, it's got some wonderful mind hacks, and uh, it'll help you to use more of your potential. But what I can tell you, and, and I, I used to – not even subscribe to this idea of getting help from anybody or, or helping, you know, somebody helping and guiding you and, and coaching, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? It, it bite the bullet and, and find somebody and find somebody like Karen uh, that does this kind of work and uh, just do it because I promise you it's, it's much easier with somebody that's already walked the path uh, and that they can guide you down your path because by yourself, it's tough. And just in case you need to know a little bit more of Karen's pedigree, uh, she's a multi-award winning coach. Um, I believe you're active in more than 25 countries at the moment, Karen. Yes, you know, thank you to Zoom. <laughs> I now can work all over the world. And um, uh, I love that because uh, I meet so many different kinds of people. And even if sometimes culture are different and uh, situations in the country are different from mine, there are also still some universal problems <laughs> that we all have. And a lot of them is uh, lack of confidence or self-worth or uh, we don't think that we are good enough or brave enough or handsome enough. So, and that's kind of universal. It doesn't matter where you come from, what gender or color or anything. So I, I really love to work with that. And, and I mean, there must be some success stories that, that you've had, Karen. Is there, is there one or two that you'd like to share with us and that you're able to share with us? Uh, well, absolutely. Um, so, for instance, um, there is one that is a little bit different, um, exceptional, so I will take that one. So I had um, a man coming to me. He was a director, a movie director in Sweden, and he got an offer to go to the U.S. And he said to me that uh, I really want to go, but I can't do it. I'm, I'm so afraid of messing it up. And, uh, but I need to go because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And if I don't go, um, I will never get that offer ever again. So I, I talked to him a little bit and I said, okay, so, um, what is happening when you get uh, a challenge like this? And he said, well, I often back off. I put myself in the back seat and I let other people lead and I just follow along. And there are some opportunities or challenges that I said no to because I don't dare to. So then I realized, okay, so there's something about being afraid of taking on challenges so then I know that at some point in his life, maybe several times, he had maybe encountered different kind of challenges and it didn't work out very well 
or he failed in some way. And now in his brain, in his mind, there is a rule that I can't do this and I won't try it again because I don't like to fail. I don't like to feel disappointed on myself. So I won't do it. So actually not doing it, don't taking on the challenge is a kind of a protection mechanism for your, from your mind. So instead of saying stupid mind, you, you destroy it for me. Just thank you. Said, okay, I understand you're trying to protect me from being disappointing at myself, but I still want to do it because I want to move on in life. So we went into hypnosis and I helped him move back in time. And with him, it was very special. So I asked him, I want you to go to the point where you feel deep down in yourself that this belief started that you can't take on a challenge. And he started to look a little bit strange. And when my client looks a little bit strange, you know, they may may do some mimics with their face. I know that, okay, it is something they don't understand or something they don't expect. So I asked him, what are you experiencing? And he said, well, I don't know, but I feel dizzy and it's dark and I see a a hole or a tunnel with a light and I know I should go there, but I don't know how I should get to that point. I don't know how to get out of the tunnel because I feel very dizzy and a little bit numb and I don't know what to do. So I asked him, okay, I took a little bit of a chance and I asked him, how was your birth? And he said, why are we talking about my birth? <laughs> I said, well, just bear with me and, 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 and answer if you can. And he said, well, my mother had told me that she was in a lot of pain and it gave, he, gave her a lot of things, I don't know what, and she became very drowsy. So at the end, they had to kind of help him out because he was drowsy too. So whatever they gave his mother was obviously affecting him as a baby too. So I said, so what if you are in your mother's womb and you have a memory of this and not finding your way out because you are a little bit dizzy and disoriented and you don't know what to do. And suddenly he just gasped and he said, oh, you're right. It feels so true to me that this is the start but could you really have memories from your mother's womb? And I said, yeah, you can. It's not like maybe we don't know if they're totally true and they are always just fragmented, but for you, it seems like it was true to you. And he said, yeah. And I said, you know, babies, they are hardwired to to get out from the womb. They know how to do that. So what do you think happens in your mind if you don't succeed with your first mission in life, your first challenge to get out. And he said, oh, I know. It feels like it started that that becomes some kind of truth to me that I can't take on challenge because I couldn't do my first one. And I said, yeah. So we just strengthened him a little bit around that. And he said, okay, but now I'm an adult and I'm not this little baby that is disoriented, so I can do this. And off he went to to the US. And after a couple of months, I got an email for him saying that 
oh, I'm so happy. I'm working here. It's going really good. And I am not afraid of taking on any challenge anymore. I feel full of confidence that I can figure it out. And if I can't, it's not because I'm not worthy or I don't, uh, I'm not a good person. It's only because maybe I don't have the skill and then I can always learn or I can always ask someone for help. That is a fantastic story, man. Um, and and I want to I want to just jump in here as well, Karen. Is that um, a lot of times, you know, what is 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 a traumatic event or or something that that gets stuck in your subconscious doesn't always have to be big and nasty, and you know, it it it, it doesn't have to necessarily be that you that you were abused as a child or something like that. It can be just some things that just trigger that event and that feeling and, and that can that can stay with you and it can have an impact um, and like you said with this gentleman I mean that was an amazing story people can debate about whether that memory was true or not but if it was true for him and it helped him deal with what he needed to so much the better yeah, that's the only thing I care about because I know that a lot of people will talk about the scientific approach. Do you really have memories from back then or are they really true? So I don't care about that because the only thing I care about, if it's true for my client and it works and it helps them to move forward, I'm happy with that. Absolutely. Now, Karen, i like to, to uh, ask my guests before... Uh, I let them go. Uh, I'd like to chat to them about uh, what is next. So what is next for Karen? Wow, you really put me on the spot here. <laughs> so, well, I think it's two things. So one of them is that I do love breath work because I noticed that sometimes it's good to work with yourself from bottom up and not only from top down. So I work a lot top down because I work with the mind, but you know, the body is also a part and can store uh, uh, bad events or trauma. So I am going to uh, start breath work experiences online where you can also go deep into your mind through the breath and find stuff and release old uh, emotions that are stuck in there. And the other thing is that I started to write my next book. Um, it's about self, um, no, self-love and self-respect and self-esteem because I don't really like um, the interpretation today of self-love. Uh, sometimes for me, it's a bit fluffy. So I want to see if I can make it more practical with some easy steps to follow to find this love for yourself, to make it more tangible and more practical. Well, I've got to say to you there as well is I'm also a big fan of breathwork. And the reason or the way that I came to, to, to the whole practice of breathwork 
was uh, in terms of broadcasting and in terms of my radio career, I wanted to be able to sound better and more confidence mm. and the deeper voice, et cetera, et cetera. So that was my journey. But I've got to tell you, it, it's been the most amazing thing and, and I've seen how people benefit from it. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm hoping to have another guest on uh, one of these days who is a, a breathwork uh, and a, a yoga and Qigong teacher um, he may even come from your part of the world. His name is Michael Baker. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's really good because he will probably talk more about, you know, bottom up, how you can heal your body from that uh, perspective. So I think that uh, working a bit with your body and working a bit with your mind, because I would like to humans to see them as an entire system. So if something doesn't work in your mind, it won't work in the body and vice versa. So there is no right or no wrong in how to work with yourself. The best way I think to work with yourself is uh, combining a lot of different modalities and just feel, does it work for me? What happens when I do this and do them a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you will notice that it will move you forward. Wonderful stuff. Karen, I, I wish you all the very best and I'd, I'd love us to stay in contact and maybe uh, have a chat again at some stage. If, you, if you'd like to go and visit uh, Karen's website, it's Karen Tyden, so K-A-R-I-N-T-Y-D-E-N dot S-E. And then you'll see uh, right at the top in the top bar there, there's a little uh, British flag um, and if you click on that, you get the English translation. Because the first time I saw the website, I was like, I, I don't speak Swedish. Uh, I just didn't pay attention to the little flag. No, it's very small. <laughs> KarenTiden.se, go check it out. It is well worth it. I'll also put links uh, in the podcast itself in the show notes uh, to the website so you can go and check it out there. Karen, thank you so much for taking the time out and having a chat to us. Uh, it's been a wonderful chat. It's all my pleasure, David. There we go. Wraps it up. My special guest, Karen Tyden, there talking all about the mind and the subconscious mind, how our brains work, some brain hacks. Uh, it's been absolutely wonderful stuff. As I said, it wraps it up to each and every one of you. Take care, look after yourselves, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to What's Involved. We hope this episode inspires you to find your passion and live your dream. Don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast. And to see what's happening, what's going on, and what's coming, follow What's Involved on Facebook and Twitter at What's Involved. Thanks again for listening.